Well, you've made it to episode three of the Chack Insider Podcast. This morning, I'm sitting down with John Patterson, Jason Faisal, and Anthony. I don't know your last name. Escalante. No, say it low so that I can repeat it. Escalante. Oh, Escalante. Uh-huh. Oh, that's easy. So so Tony's here from El Salvador. He spoke at our church. Uh, you, most of you who were there uh, this, uh, let's see, November 12th uh, would have heard Tony speak. And we're getting together this morning to talk about this trip to El Salvador. You say it better than I do. Say El Salvador. El Salvador. Oh, so much better. So much better. That was John Patterson, by the way. Um, yeah, very, very, very sexy. As Jason says. So, uh, Tony, you're here this morning. You came a little bit early, and we want to talk about this trip in July of 2018. And what do you hope to see happen next year in July? Like, just not not the details, but like the big picture. What, what are you hoping that our church involvement with, and if I were to call your ministry by a name, what would I say? Would I just say Envision El Salvador, or would I say Envision Wired, or Envisional, La Fuente? Envision El Salvador. Yeah. Okay, Envision El Salvador, which is uh, La Fuente? Yeah, La Fuente is and, part of it. And Wired. Yeah. Well, I don't know if... I've, now, come on, Tony, clear this up. we got to <laughs> yeah. be clear on this now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first of all. Uh, so, Envision El Salvador is the name of the site... Uh, of our vision site down in El Salvador. And then we have two halves, basically the main halves of the ministry. One of them we call it Wired, right? And is about short-term trips, internships, residences, and all the resources that can come to the site to support the site and, and have it running through the whole year. So Wired isn't the youth part of it? Because I thought you, we were Wired because we're young and we got a lot of energy, so we're Wired. That's not whole- it. There's there's a whole story behind that. I mean, I would have to go back to in the years to try <laughs> to explain that. But let's let's say that wire part it's it's all the resources, let's say, or that we use in order to do ministry. And when I say resources is uh material resources, financial resources, uh building itself and human resource. So without that, we cannot do ministry. So the other half of Envisional Salvador is called Broken Ministries. And Broken Ministries is, let's say, an umbrella that hosts under it uh, different ministries. For now, the ministries we have under Broken Ministries is La Fuente and La Fuente FC. La Fuente FC stands for uh, football club, soccer actually, but we call it football down there in El Salvador. Actually, in Latin America, I think in, even in Europe, it's called football, so it's just making the differentiation. So those two are the programs of Broken right now. So under Broken, we could have more ministries, but right now we're focusing on, on these two. And it's youth outreach, basically. Youth that are at very risk of violence. There's a lot of violence, crime going on in El Salvador, and we work with these kids that belong to a low-income community that are very exposed to gang activity and just to, it would be easy for them to become gang members at some point. Okay, so John, wrap up what you just heard him say. Give us the overview. What How's the ministry laid out? Tony leads the Envision site that's part of the larger Christian Missionary Alliance family. And these Envision sites are scattered all over the globe. We had Rachel Brofhart, for instance, uh, 
year or so ago, uh, spend a year at the Envision site in Taiwan, and she worked at the coffee house there and the church planning ministry. So the Envision sites are places that people here in the United States, for instance, can go to either on short-term missions trips and be exposed to what God is doing in other places in the world, but it's also centers where like interns can come, those that are exploring the missions world can come and be a part of, that's part of what Rachel was doing, giving them uh, not just a week experience, but even up to a year and longer you can go, correct, Tony? Yes. Uh, that someone can come. So if God is stirring in someone's heart, and and the goal here is to particularly touch young people, but really anyone, you don't have to be you know, a millennial to engage in an Envision site. You can be a retired person and saying, perhaps, you know, the Lord is is doing a new thing in my life, and so I want to, rather than just a week-long mission experience, to dive a little deeper and go for several months or uh, even up to a year or longer and uh, be a part of what God is doing in an internship kind of format. So, uh, so, so Tony's the head of the Envision site, El Salvador. Correct. And then, and then, what did you hear him say about the rest of his ministry there? How does how is it structured? Is this a test? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I see. I'm asking the question that the listener is asking. Oh, okay, because I, I just right. want to repeat it just to reinforce, so that as a you know as a church family, we understand what in the world's going on over there, right? Because we already have a hard enough time. Um, uh, Ben said yesterday, I try not to have any preconceived notions, which is so funny because, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't empty your head. You always have preconceived notions. So I'm just trying to give a general overview of what El Salvador is before we even think about talking about going there. Yeah, exactly. So Tony, you correct me, right? If I get this wrong. Sure. You can kind of fill in the gaps. So at the Envision site in El Salvador is uh, two basic components, right? So they have the wired part of the Envision site that works with uh, teams that are coming in, uh, both short-term teams and interns, those longer ones that I was mentioning earlier. And then they have the other umbrella called Broken that has particular, that oversees or the umbrella for variety of ministries that are happening to to touch and reach and bless and bring life, kingdom life, to those that are living there in the country. So there is the, I forgot the name of the fo- football club. La Fuente. Uh, La, La Fuente. Yeah, the yeah, fountain. Which means the fountain. Yeah. yeah. Part of that umbrella of broken is La Fuente, which reaches out to kids in particular. They have after-school programs for instance, that tries to reach these kids who are in a, in a really tough environment, typically coming from lower income and uh, uh, gang issues are, are quite significant where the center is. And uh, so it's, it's reaching out to, to rescue kids out of a certain environment and bring them the hope and joy that we find in, you know, in Jesus. And with that, Tony oversees the, he's a coach for the 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 football arm of it and and Kevin is over what is he over Wired yes he is the coordinator of the Wired half okay and who oversees La Fuente on the other side on the Broken Ministries uh, he is the one who started La Fuente basically okay and uh, the La Fuente FC 
is the other part of the ministry that another staff member and I take care of. Okay. So essentially Kevin does it all and you're just there for the for the kind good of, looks. Yeah, I'm the guy in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the question. What do you hope to see happen from Community Heights involvement in July of 2018? Something we believe a lot in is uh, long-term partnerships. When you ask the, the, the general picture, I would like to see people coming from Community Heights down to El Salvador and really, I don't know if catalyze is a word, or, or really make that strong connection in between the Envision site down in El Salvador with Community Heights here. I know we have had two trips already last summer and this summer, well, not the spring this year, is when we had the other one. But this one in particular, since it's going to be a, an, an event that we don't have really in a regular basis, like every summer we don't have a group of... We're, we're aiming for 70 people, more or less. 90. 90, hopefully. 90. And for th three weeks in a row from one church, that's, that's going to be pretty unique. Uh, first time we we'll do that. We want to see how both parts come together and actually solidify very well this partnership that we hope is going to last for a long time in order to, again, reach out to these people down in El Salvador. So this summer isn't really the end or the goal. This summer is just the beginning, a catalyst to future serious involvement between our two ministries. I guess. It's going to be very, very key for the future. So, Jason, when he said 70, you said... 90 30 30 30 yeah so i know you've been thinking a lot about this mm -hmm. so what's in your head about this summer what do you hope to see happen from our church i said yesterday typically youth ministry is where missions come from in the church people relegate that to the students and i don't want to see that happen at community heights i think that we love to partner in ministries we love to send money we love to give to the great commission fund i'd love to see our people totally engaged in a mission site uh, we've been involved in other locations because we've had people that have come from this church, and we need that now. We have some of our uh, families coming off the field soon, and we need something that's a strong connection, and I see El Salvador as that strong connection to where it becomes part of our family. And so when we think of our church, we think of uh, the church in San Salvador. And so and w whether that's through the Envision side or as Envision partners with uh, the Alliance Church in El Salvador, that we kind of talked about that. But I want to see not just students go on this trip, but babies to 80s. I don't know how low we can go as far as, like, young, but we want to see a lot of people on this trip, multi-generational. That's where real um, engagement happens, I believe, when it's not just one silo within the ministry, but the whole farm is participating in the activity of what's happening. And I, I think one of the, my big goals is to see us be a part of Envision and feel like they're part of our church family. In El Salvador. Okay. And, and you've been there, so... I've been twice, yeah. You're speaking out of having been in the location, in that setting. Do you think our church, knowing what you know, uh, honestly, is a good fit? I mean, aren't we, are, are we a bunch of gringos, you know, that are going to go down there really? It's just all for us and not for them, or how can we Sure, really... I think that in any missions experience, there is a selfish component, and that's good. That's okay. 
to be able to see and feel and, and taste what God's doing, that there's a there is a part of every trip you take that's for you. That the Spirit of God uses you to to grow personally closer to Him, to draw closer to Him, to draw on a strength, to to work on issues that happens. Like you become open and and aware of things in your life, like patience issues or how easy it is to get frustrated with somebody when uh, they're in the bathroom for too long. Those sort of simple little things you begin to work on. So there is a selfish component, but as a church family. Uh, the reason I like El Salvador a lot, the ease of uh, entering the country, it is a is an easy country to get into. There's not a lot of barriers there. And then the natural language, Spanish, uh, is spoken a lot around here. If you go to Walmart or you go to Marshalltown or you go uh, to some of our local close-by towns, yeah. people, there's a lot of Spanish speakers here. So I do think that there is a, um, a motivation when you get back to, to be aware of other cultures and when you're ethnocentric, like Iowa is in a lot of ways, and it is changing, but when you're ethnocentric, it does give you some different eyes. And I think the eyes that it can give us is that Latin American eyes, where we can see other Latin American cultures around us. And there are a lot of those around here. What's, I, the, what's the difference in the time zone? It's just one hour, right? I think it's one right hour. Right now. Right now, yeah, right. Because right of daylight savings time. No, actually, we... Uh, are we synced? We're in the same time right now. Yeah. Okay, so so it's only ever an hour difference, if if anything, mm-hmm. and yeah. sometimes it's the same. Exactly. So you have a two hour flight or two and a half hour flight to Houston, and then another two hour flight, two and a half hour flight to uh, San Salvador. That's it. That's it's that simple. You got like five hours on the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't Air realize cost, it was that close. Airfare costs are relatively low. We've had tickets as low as five hundred, as much as six twenty five. So that's a that's a decent price to yeah. to get to an, uh, another country. And Central America, I think, and this is, I don't know if this is unique to me, but I think it's its a pivot point for the, the world. There's so many people moving in and out of Central America up through to north, like the United States, through Mexico, and down, down into South America, to where if the national church can be strong in Central America, it can flood both continents. Hmm. And I, I think that Central America is a, a critical part of the world. Tony, if I'm, uh, if I'm the gringo in Community Heights and I don't speak Spanish... And I like my culture, but I have an, uh, I kind of have a thought of wanting to serve and help. I'm just honestly, if I were honest, uh, and if our people were honest, and I think most of them are honest, but some of you have to have to be honest and say you're just afraid. You're afraid to go down. You're afraid to put yourself out of your comfort zone. You're afraid to be out of the box, so to speak. In what ways could they be helpful to what you're doing, Tony? If they came down for for ten days, in what ways could they serve, practically speaking? Yeah, there's a whole uh, like a variety of ministries that they could uh, serve, and this goes from physical work. Uh, I remember this this last spring we had a team of men that came and helped us big time with one of the dorms where we host uh, short term teams, and that was awesome. Like they helped us also, you guys. The church helped us to buy these new mattresses for all the for all the beds, and that is one way. Like if you feel like, well, my Spanish is not that great, uh, and I don't really like to talk to people or things like that, you know, you're not too much relational. But then you have a good skill building or doing like other physical work, then there's definitely opportunities. Meanwhile, you're down there uh, to work. Not only in our building, 
but also in churches that we work with. The Alliance has is very small in El Salvador. And we as Envision are trying to empower it, uh, skill it, or help them grow. So they, it happens that both of the Alliance churches just moved about a year ago. Both of them moved to different locations that the ones that they were previously at. So both of them got different properties now. Uh, one of them is buying. The other one is just renting, thinking about buying. But both of them are trying to recondition the places in order to work better as sanctuaries or facilities that will provide them a good space to disciple people. So there is plenty of work, physically speaking, to do not only in our site, but also to support these alliance churches. That and, are, that and you, are all, you all will take them. You all will take free labor, right? You of don't course. mind free labor. Yeah. Skilled labor that's is even be- better. That's, that's the best. Part. So what if I what if I can't do? I cannot do that. Like give me stuff. I pick. I can pick things up and put things down. But I'm not skilled labor. What can I do? Um, you can always help someone. There's space for everybody. There. As soon as you get there, you figure it out. You figure it out. Sometimes so, it will be just hanging out with some some somebody. L- yesterday, in between services, we had a meeting with a bunch of youth, and someone asked me like, how going down there will impact the the life of the kids. It looks like like a normal person that would be wouldn't be super skilled in in a bunch of things or whatever. Being there for one week, how is that effective for the kids, and how? It will impact the kids in in just seven days. Well, one thing I said, and this was regards to the uh, ages of the the people we had there, is that just the fact of hanging out with these kids and showing them that there is a different lifestyle that that you can live. And I'm not talking about the style of life income-wise, like things that you can have or not because... We're talking about low-income families down there in Salvador. And I say lifestyle is the way you live your life, not involved in different activities that are not really productive for you or things that sometimes are even illegal. Uh, a lifestyle that represents Jesus is something different. Just the, the fact that, that you can show them that you can have fun without drugs, without alcohol, without doing legal stuff, that shows them something different, and that can impact definitely the life of someone that would say, there's another way to live, and I don't need to actually do this kind of stuff. So hanging out with them, showing them that probably down the road, five, ten years, it will make sense in their in their lives, or it could probably be exactly in the same week that they kind of open their eyes and say, I don't need to be doing all of this stuff that I normally do that I grew up with and, and is a normal thing in my environment because there's another option for me. And and God can work in their hearts and just make that switch at that point or start that change at that point. But now, some something I would like to say uh, is that probably the trip, and this was, we were talking before starting this, this conversation, is that the trip is not for everyone. So if someone feels that he's not ready to go, shouldn't go. If someone doesn't feel like God is actually calling them to go down there, it's better just to wait until God confirms in their heart uh, what to do. I think things, um, they work in a, in a process. Like in my case right now, I'm I'm feeling that God is calling me to serve a certain group of people that we have down the street 
from from our ministry center. I feel it really strong from the Lord. It's probably a new ministry that we're going to start. I just don't know what we're going to do, but I'm that won't stop me from starting something with them. I just need God to reveal me exactly what I need to do with them. But I feel called to it. So I'm going to do it. That's what I'm saying. It could be the same thing when you say, I, I feel God is leading me to go on this trip. I just know, don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing or what would be the best way for me to serve. But being faithful and just walking that direction, when you get there, God is going to actually reveal what you're going to do and where you're going to be more helpful and the impact that you will have in somebody's life. Again, don't be frustrated if it's not in the same week and you say, okay, I went there and nothing happened. Because a couple years down the road, you you will probably be seeing the fruit of, of your talk with someone, or the word that you gave to someone, the interaction you had to someone. And that's the importance of the long-term partners because they are able to see the progress over the time and not saying, okay, we're going to go to El Salvador this year and do this, this, and that, and then next year we're going to head somewhere else, and then you just don't hear about El Salvador anymore because your your mission is to go all over the place, around the world, and, and then just lose the connections with the previous places. So you never knew if your ministry was actually effective or not because you caught the connections and you were never able to see that so tony did say something and he he kind of repeated it a second ago that you'll find something to do if you're feeling called to go just go there's you don't have to like have this very clear picture of what it's it is you're supposed to do i've seen it twice now with two different trips where there's people on the trips going i don't know what i'm going to do there and just sitting and talking to people or hanging out with the staff or talking to the neighbors is is profoundly impactful not only does it like create a vibe for the envision wired site when people are there and they're talking to the neighbors it's like these are conversations that that tony can't have every single day but there's this group of other people here that are talking to the neighbors they're continuing to talk about jesus and talk about life and talk about soccer i mean football and and do just be in the park and be available Two trips, two, a bunch of people didn't know what they were going to do, and both of them, by the end of the trip, were like, this was a meaningful event in my life. I had an impact. I felt like I had an impact because I just talked to people. So Tony did say, if you don't know what you're going to do, just show up. If God's calling you to do it, go be a part of it. And so I don't think you need to have this kind of like very acute idea or call of what you're going to do on the trip. Being available is, is the most important part of it. And showing up and going, and there'll there'll be things to do. Plus, there's this weird thing called short-term missions courage, where all of a sudden you're on a mission field and you're like, you're unafraid. You just go do things. The scavenger hunt does a great job of that, sending people out to the to the town, to the kind of the street down there, and going in and asking for a pupusa or talking to somebody about where uh, where the bathroom is 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 such a easy way to break the ice that they do. They do a great job. Taking you, we took us around town that first day to give us kind of a taste of the the city and just seeing people. And all of a sudden, you, you you your fear melts and you're able to to minister. And it's easy to jump in with Tony's team and just be a part of the family. It doesn't matter, and that's why I think so many people love going to El Salvador because the team down there is 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 fun to be around, and they they kind of spur on more activity and that's why i want to have a long-term partnership so in five years a junior hire who went with mom and dad can go as a senior hire and go i know this kid i've been here before i've been here three times in my 
my life. This is a great place to be. So, See, I've been able to experience exactly that. In a previous church, we went to the same location for 10 years in a row. And even today, I've got friends on Facebook who were little kids up in the mountains at the camps that we had that I'm still connected to and we still talk with. And I don't know if you call it the momentum effect, the flywheel effect, or whatever, but what happens is if Community Heights goes for four years, you've never been, you go the fifth year, you go with credibility uh, on the shoulders of all those who came before you from Community Heights. Oh, this is the Community Heights team that's here this year. And the team has instant credibility because of all the previous teams, even if they weren't the same people. So, John, we're, we're talking about you being there all three, for all three weeks that, that our church family is going. So you're kind of the, you're either the hall monitor or you're the daddy, one of the two. So if any of us gets afraid, grandpa, you're the grandpa, abuelo. Yeah. Abuelo. Abuelo. Pastor John is going to be there. Now is, do you think Mary would be there all three weeks with you or maybe just one? Yeah, We're also talking about Mary coming down. I don't know whether she, we can work it out for all three weeks, but at least, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks as, as part of that time together. And I'm really excited about the opportunity for our church family to just make some deeper connections you know, there's something about getting outside your your context, and we've talked about this already, that uh, opens your eyes, that stretches you, that allows you in a strange way to have courage that you might not have where you typically live and move. To be a part of that, to be on site as teams come in and out is something I'm really looking forward to. So if you're a prime timer, hey, Pastor John's going to be there, right? You all know him. So when he's going to be there, whichever week you happen to go, he's going to be there. And uh, so that should that should give our prime timers a little more courage to step out. Oh, absolutely. This is not just for kids, right? It's for, uh, Jason used the word, you know, from babies to 80s, but an opportunity for all of us cool. to see what God is doing and be a part of kind of a greater kingdom reality that is going to be enriching and fun and uh, everything in between. I do think when you begin to have a partnership with another ministry, specifically um, an overseas location, a mission site, it does it can give other your other ministries in your church more purpose or different purpose or accelerated purpose. It can give our quilting team here a purpose. It can give the card-making team purposes. Why are we making quilts? Well, we're making quilts to send with our team that's going to El Salvador. We're, we're making cards to... T- I mean, there's a lot of, it has a lot of other effects that you don't see, you can't feel That's all That's good, time. yeah. It gives other ancillary ministries more purpose. There's a, there's a rallying cry for a church when, there's a, when the partnership is strong and deep. And I think that that's... That's one of the, we're stepping into that and wanting to step into that. And not just with a, a student ministry, but like a whole church engagement. And so I, I, just, I think it's really, really important for the entirety of the church to feel the partnership because it does give their ministries. If you have a prayer ministry, if you're leading the prayer ministry, there's now a new bandwidth of prayer responsibility you have because there's a missions group going. There's people that, that you know and met in another country. There's other people that they're like Tony's ministering to and his who his family's ministering to that you can begin to pray pray with pray for uh, have an intimate more deeper discipling relationship with I mean there's a lot more uh, connection and it gives ministry life and purpose beyond what we're doing here in our current context it's amazing too what God can do when we step out 
develop a relationship and follow it where love and interaction takes it. Last uh, Sunday evening, we had Marcy Thayer come and share with the evening service her experience uh, with Bolivia. Those of you who know, Brian and Marcy had a connection with Bolivia, and it came from a compassion child that they started to support. They began to follow her year after year, send her letters. This love relationship uh, grew, and a part of the process was them trying to, you know, what, were there churches in the area that, that she could be a part of? They found an Alliance Church actually down in Bolivia, which led to them going down to visit her, which led to a love and a connection for the people of Bolivia itself. And it started just simply from a compassion child and how God, as uh, Brian and Marcy, stepped out in faith and love and relationship to follow that track where it ended up. And who knows what God will want to do, not only in us as a church body, but individually with uh, as we step out in faith and follow connections and opportunities that God lo- uh, puts in our path. That's cool. Tony, do you have a parting shot for us? Which means a final comment. Yeah, just encourage uh, the whole church to be part of this. We dream big. I personally, as the head of the site, Part of my work is to be the that envisionary or envisioner sort of entrepreneur person that will try to take this ministry farther where it is right now. Because if we just stay in this phase where we are right now, we're, we're not gonna grow. We're not gonna reach out to more of these kids. One cool story that uh, Kevin was sharing yesterday during the services is about. This one kid that I, I personally, when I started to come to La Fuente two years ago, when I saw him all the time, was I was really annoyed by this guy. He was probably one of the worst or the worst one of all of them. Like He would be so disrespectful. He would show no interest at all in what the team was doing there uh, during the after school program. Was was this a, a student? Was this a kid or a student? Yeah. How old was he? By that time, I think he was fifteen. Okay. Two years ago, and I was like, "Why is this dude here? Like, why is he even here? He he doesn't care about it." But every time he would show up, uh, but he will behave so so bad. His three older brothers are gang members, and he will keep coming for two years. Now it's it's just unbelievable the change that he had in his life. Like, I can talk to him now, and I feel blessed by his life. And he's one of the most faithful ones coming to the program. A couple weeks ago, he was sharing with one of our staff members and thanking him and saying him, like, thanks to the program, I'm not a gang member right now. Because that's what I saw when I saw him two years ago. This, this guy is, is either one already or is just going to become one very, very soon. Honestly, I didn't feel guilty about this, but I didn't have any faith in him. Of course, it, it was not him. I was probably thinking that he was going to uh, change, but it's God working in people. So that is a big testimony of what this ministry can do if we just allow God to work more in us. And, and, and we want to go to levels that I was not even imagining two years ago. Like our programs, like La Fuente is going to go to a second phase where we're not going to be only the after-school program part of La Fuente because La Fuente is big. It's, it started as an after-school program only, but now it's covering more of the life of these of this kids, even after uh, those two days that the school that we partnered with allow us to come into to the school to share with these kids. It, 
it covers more of their life now. And now we're moving into the community. We're gonna we're gonna take the program out of the school and put it in the community in a house in the community so we can be more present in the life of these kids that's the only way we're gonna hear those comments multiply those testimonies like this the one of this kid multiply the reason i say this is because we know that we are limited we're just a handful of people down there we need help in order to hear more more and more of these testimonies like the one this kid said we know we cannot do it alone And that's why we're looking for partners. So it's an encouragement for this church to be part of something that is going to change that community. Of course, we're not going to change the whole society of El Salvador. Maybe 30 years down the road, we're going to have a, a better effect on, on a good chunk of the society. But we are definitely working towards a goal, which is at least in that community, reduce the amount of kids that 10 years from now are going to be the ones running the gang in that place we want to start to reach one at a time one at a time one at a time in 10 years there's going to be less gang members in that community at least than if we were not there if god didn't put us there but we need help so we need you and as we need you we need other partners other churches that could come and help us uh, throughout the whole year to reach out to these kids and to change families and futures for the glory of god in el salvador Right. That's an awesome mission it. <laughs> statement. It's so memorable, right? It's supposed to be, and that one really is. Well, thank you, Tony. So I hope that at our church we can get a lot of you involved, and we're just beginning to talk about it right now. Hey, if you're listening, you figured out how to do it, so find somebody else that goes to Community Heights that doesn't know about a podcast or how to listen and teach them, let them know how to do it so they too can be a Jack Insider.